Cougar fans, it is time. Touchdown! What a grab! It's time to raise your colors, raise your voice, and join in on the raucous roundtable about your favorite team, the BYU Cougars. 15-10-5, It's time to tailgate. Cougar Tailgate, where BYU sports fandom lives. And here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? I'm Lauren McLean, and we're here to tailgate with you doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. For this week's roundtable discussion, we have Jason Shepard and Ben Bagley. It's a pleasure, my friends. Always good to see you, Lauren. Good to see you it's guys. It's good to see you, Lauren. Thank you. Didn't Shep just say that? You just said it in He likes to copy intonation. me. It's, a, it's been a thing for a long time. You can't say the same thing in just a different way. I was just saying it's good to see you. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, he's emphasizing the you part. Okay, that makes take a shot at me. I get it. That makes more sense. (laughs) Well, then I like Ben better than Shep. Let's keep going. Uh, The number four Houston Cougars managed to slip past number twenty-one BYU Tuesday night after a dogfight to the end, which now gives the BYU Cougars a two and four record in conference. The Texas Longhorns come to Provo Saturday after upsetting two top fifteen teams in Baylor and Oklahoma. Sophomore guard Dallin Hall said after the game on Tuesday, it's easy for teams to fall apart in those situations, but we stay together. I feel like that will be super important for us going forward. So guys, to that point, what is it that kept BYU in every single loss they've played in so far? They haven't been blown out. What do you feel like it is about this team that's kept them hanging with these these top 25 teams? Let's start with Ben. I think one one part of it, and this is something that I, I think draws the ire of Cougar fans naturally, but we hear it often. We heard it at Big 12 Media Day, and we've heard it throughout the season, is this team's an old team. This team has experience. They've been through the battles. They've seen these type of things. So they're not going to get rattled by a close game in a big-time situation. I think more than any other team on campus, this men's basketball team has done a really good job to step up to the competition in the Big 12. A team that wasn't really expected to do well in this conference, and they are doing well. Right. And they're having success. And they realized that the whole uh, the thing that the kids do nowadays, they understood the assignment. <laughs> yes, Mark Pope's basketball team understood the assignment. They knew it was going to be tough. And with the experience that they have and the leadership they have on that team, I think they've been able to step up while they've not been overly – they've been more successful than we expected them to be, I would say that. But, like, I was, jo- I was joking with someone today. I'm like, they've got a losing record in conference. And nobody's disappointed. Mm-hmm. They've stepped up and accepted the challenge. And how exciting is that? I think it's been some a great bit of coaching, honestly, too. Because who would have thought the the random guys that have been thrown together on this team could be able to produce the way that they're producing? And I think uh, Mark Pope and the other coaches have done a really good job of playing to the strengths of the guys on the team. And it's and it's worked to their benefit, maybe more than what they thought it would. But I think it's been very good coaching so far. Shep, what do you think? Yeah, and I think what you just said, I think, is the key. They have bought into this system. This yeah. team is built to play the way that they're playing, and it's all about the threes. And you you know you hear the saying, "You live by the three, you die by the three. They're willing to live by the three or die by the three. That's yeah. the way this team is built. And you saw in the game against Houston when Foose did come in, it did give them a little bit of a post presence, which they tr- tried to take advantage of, and it, and it really did help as they were making that that climb back into the game, which ultimately they would tie, um, and obviously wouldn't get any closer than that. But 
this team is designed around its guards and around its perimeter game. And this is what this team knows uh, that it has as its strength. And, and they've bought in. They, they know this is the best way for them to win. And look, when, when you can hit the three as proficiently as BYU can, you're never going to be out of a game. And I think that's what we're seeing. Mark Pope spoke with Greg Rebell after the game, and this is what he said about shooting 11 from 38 from three and what made the difference in that game on Tuesday night. Getting up 38 threes is a win, although today we probably we probably were as belligerent as we've been, um, and we're going to cross the line sometimes trying to get to that number, but um, we, we probably just gave up uh, too many possessions tonight, and, and that's, you know, that I've talked to in print media, that's a very nuanced conversation with our guys to, to rein that in without, you know, it's hard, you have to be pretty aggressive to get up 30 to 35, and, and um, so, you know, we got to clean that, we just got to cl- manicure that a little bit but that would have been a difference maker in this deal should BYU ever abandon that goal of shooting 35 threes which is they have is what they have every game when they're cold they shot 11 for 38 or do you agree with Mark that the difference was simply taking care of the ball what do you think Ben I think I'm not going to question coach Pope right this I mean he's much smarter than I am Uh, having watched lots of basketball in my life if your team's built around this, and I think he said it right here, when he when he, I, I like to use the term belligerent. There, there were a couple of threes in every game, and last night you're just like, that's what? a terrible shot. Like, yeah, I, I've caught myself many times watching this guy. That's a bad shot. Yep, that's a bad shot. You could there was actually I'll, sorry, Dallin Hall. I'm going to point you out on this one. Uh, he drove to the hoop, had his defender on his back hip. Had a wide open layup that I'm gonna guess that if he went up and goes for it, it's in and he gets fouled. Possible three point play. It. He dishes to the corner, missed yep. three, and I was like, take that layup every time. But this team's not built around that, and they have a philosophy, so they're gonna take that. And there's gonna be times where every fan, ourselves included, that's a bad shot. But some of those bad shots go in, and then all of a sudden they become <laughs> great shots, and, right. and that's interesting. Taking care of the ball, they I don't think that they were that bad last night with the ball. They had thir- was it thirteen turnovers? Yeah, it, w- it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, against outrageous. an aggressive team like Houston, I'm okay with that. I, I think that's why thirty eight threes. I'm okay with that. You're not going to get a better shot than Trevin Mel had at the end of the game, and unfortunately, right. it didn't go in. So the offense worked. It's just one of those things. A couple bad breaks here and there, and you played a really good team. Yeah, it's, to me, it's less about the number and just making sure that whatever the number is, make sure that they're all good shots. And we were yes. just talking about that. You know, there were a couple that were, you know, some some 30-foot threes that you're kind of okay. <laughs> that air ball. Um, wait, it, wait, is this the, the third ward church basketball? I, what is this? <laughs> you know what? My husband actually said, he's like, oh, these guys grew up playing church ball. That's why they're shooting <laughs> like that. It's like, no. But, yeah, I mean, it's look, when you have when you're shooting a percentage that BYU is from three – and you've gone the entire season proving that it's not just a one or two game thing. That this is what you're capable of doing, as long as you're getting good shots. I have no problem with whatever number they set that they whatever the goal is they want to achieve. I'm perfectly fine with it because they've proven that they have the guys number one that can make the shots. And and like with what Ben said, you're not going to get a better shot than what Trevin had. And you know I know he's he's. You know, kicking himself that he didn't make it, but you got the shot you wanted, and I'm going to give Trevin that opportunity every single time because of what he's already proven. It, yeah, it, it stinks that it didn't go in, 
but that doesn't mean that the next time that shot's there, I want Trevin taking it again. Absolutely. By the way, my TV froze right as Trevin Nell shot that shot. No way. And, and you I thought screamed it was going at in. the top of my lungs and my, made both of my children cry. Hurry and reset it, and the score was the same. I was like, no! But I agree with you. They need to take – they do such a good job of distributing the ball most of the time and getting good shots. There were just a handful last night that you're like, nope, you didn't need to take that. There was, a, there was one – I don't want to call it anybody, but somebody was shooting it. Foos was wide open, wide open underneath, but they took the the contested three anyway. It's things like that where I'm like, there's there's going to be something better. But the, but the interesting thing, and this is the fickleness of fandom, is if BYU if Trevor Neal makes that shot, yeah, BYU wins. I'm not knocking down Hall for that shot. Right. You're not knocking the miss pass to Foos. We're not right. knocking true. those things because they get forgotten. And in the wins, BYU's had some of these same issues. But we forget about them because it's a win. Yeah. It's the way this team plays, and they've been successful to this point playing that style. So you're gonna win. It's you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some. Yep. You gotta live with both. Absolutely. BYU's on a two loss streak right now. How important is it this game against the Longhorns on Saturday night that BYU notches a win? Yeah, it's very important and it's a good opponent. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Texas has some pretty pretty impressive wins on the resume. I, I at this point, I'm BYU's gotta take care of business at home. You know, we we know how difficult this league is, regardless home or away. So now now that you've you've lost to Cincinnati at home, you've now lost to Houston at home. I think it's it's as big, if not bigger, because it's a home game than anything else. Look, and this team, and in, in talking with this team over the last couple of weeks, and talking about some of these losses. In fact, speaking of Trevin Nell, so I talked with Trevin before the Houston game, and we were talking about you know the the second half. Um, slips that we've seen where they've yeah. had the halftime lead and then in the second half they've ended up losing those games and this wasn't just lip service or something that you know this is what we're supposed to say I I, I believed him 100% when he was telling me yeah it stinks that we we couldn't hold these leads but look look at the the way we were playing in the first half we're focusing more on looking at what we did to get those leads and how we did compete and can compete in this league, it actually gives us much more confidence mm -hmm. that we belong in this league than feeling like, you know, we, we've lost the game and it's a, you know, it's a lost cause. They're, they're definitely looking at the positive side of this. And look, all these people picked us, you know, 13th out of 14th teams. The way we're showing we can play in these games where we get these big leads, it lets us know we belong here. And I love that they're they're taking that attitude because as long as you can take that attitude, some of the, you'll work through some of the other stuff. Absolutely. And and going back to how important is this game at home? It's very important, Jason. I agree 100% with you. There's only one team in the Big 12 right now that has a winning record on the road. One team. Out of every one of the teams, there's a couple of 500, but most of the teams yeah. losing on the road. You're like getting a road win in this conference is an amazing feat. It is something to be celebrated. It is something to throw a parade, hang a banner, whatever you need to do. That's why protecting the home court is so important. Mm -hmm. And BYU's let a couple of these slip away, and they're going to. You're not going to win every game at home, but you need to have a better than 700, seven. 75% record at home. you got to be able to protect the home court. And and BYU's been blessed with a great home court advantage. I mean, Kelvin Sampson spoke glowingly of the Marriott Center crowd last night after the game. 
um, even spelled out a, a a bad word because he's in Provo and he didn't want to say it. It's <laughs> saying, it, "Thank you for the respect, Coach." Uh, but he says it just made Coach a coach's life a living H E. You know what? And, and so he he did a good job of uh, playing to the crowd on that. But you've got a good home court advantage. You got to take advantage of it. And it and in no way is it going to be easy against Texas. They're a very aggressive team. Their guards are going to get BYU's fit because they drive. They're aggressive. They're going to go to the hoop. They're going to test the defense of BYU perimeter defense. So it's it's going to be tough. But you got to win. You got to win at home. You got to protect home court. You can't let too many of those slip away. The last time I was this excited about watching BYU basketball, truly every single game was two thousand eleven. Jimmer Fredette. Like, not since then have I been this excited for every single game that's to come on the schedule. And that's uh, to credit BYU basketball for how well they've been playing because even with all these great teams, if you're getting killed every game, you're still, you're not yeah. going to want to watch. They have a chance to win in every single game, and I think that's something so exciting for the fans. Well, and the other part about that is in this league, and we've already seen it and Ben touched on it a second ago, it's not – you you almost have to watch because you don't know how it's going to play out. I mean, Kansas. I mean, you're talking about the Kansas Jayhawks have what most us watching from the outside looking in on their program would like, how did Kansas lose that game? Yeah. But it, it all comes back to this is the Big 12. Yeah. Every night you never know what could happen, and that's the fun part about this is – there's, I don't know if parody is the right word, but everybody is so good yeah. that night in and night out, you can't just say, well, it's guaranteed this one team's going to win or this team's going to lose. That's what know. makes this league so much fun to pay attention to and now to be a part of if you're BYU. Yeah, instead of parody, I'd say excellence. Yeah. I mean, in the yeah. WCC, yeah. And that, like, I, Jason, you've heard me say this before. I have never been a huge college basketball fan. I like I covered the NBA for a lot of years. I saw a lot of great basketball at the NBA level. Watching college basketball after doing that, I'm just like, oh boy, <laughs> like it's my job. Yeah. But this year, like last Saturday morning, guess who was on his couch Saturday morning watching Texas Baylor? Not because oh BYU is playing Texas next week. I should watch this game because I knew in the pregame show it was because Big Twelve basketball is fun to watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's, it's pulled me in and, and to, like you, I love what you said about. Haven't been this excited since Jimmer Fredette. And for that, it was the show of Jimmer Fredette. Yes. Now it's the show of this is just great basketball. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's great sport. And it's not – parody, yes. I, they always talk about parody in the NFL and other – and it's great. But sometimes parody can be – got a lot of mediocre teams. Yes. Yeah, and that's this not is, This the is case. not the case that's in the That's not Big the 12. case here, yeah. On a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being not worried, 10, you were smashing the panic button. Where's the panic meter on BYU missing out on the big dance? And for reference – West Virginia last season finished 19 and 15, 7 11 in Big 12, got a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. They began one and six last season in Big 12 to play, end up being a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. So, on a scale from one to 10, how worried are you about BYU making the big dance right now? Um, right now, probably maybe a four. And that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Like, look, BYU has gone through this stretch with, with these losses and have remained in the top 25. Now, I'm really curious to see what happens, and a lot may depend on what happens against Texas. Yeah. Because, look, BYU was not favored against Houston. Houston is the team that was in the top five. They were the number four team in the country. So I don't know how much you're going to be dinged by losing to the number four team anyway. 
So I think some of it may come down to what happens against the Longhorns when we find out next week what the rankings are. So I, I, you know, I don't know how many more losses BYU can stay in the top 25, but I, I think that there will be enough wins along the way too where, where BYU is going to have a shot all year long to be in the NCAA tournament. So I, honestly, right now I'm not super concerned you know, in another couple weeks, if if the losses pile up, then right. that that obviously could change. But BYU's resume still is so strong. And how many times did we talk about going into the season before it even started? There are no bad losses in the Big Twelve, and that's playing out just like we thought. Right. What you just said, you're almost rewarded for your losses. I was just going to the say, 12. there's yeah. good every, win, almost, good losses. Almost every game is a quad one game. Right. Like, like it, it, it's ridiculous, uh, and. And the more quad one games, wins or losses, the, the, you're getting rewarded yep. for those. You're going to get rewarded for a close game against Houston. You're going to get rewarded for these games. So, honestly, and this is – I, I tell you this in all truthfulness, without any blue goggles on, as of today, right now, 1 to 10, my worry level about BYU not making the tournament, a big fat zero. Because right now they've got – like you're, I, I said earlier – you're below 500 in conference, you're still ranked. Mm-hmm. You're below 500 in conference, and by the way, you're still top 10 net, you're still yeah. top 10 Ken Palm, you're still ranked top 25. All these factors matter. And BYU to this point of the season has put enough money in the bank to me as as a, a connoisseur of basketball <laughs> that they're in a good spot. They're not going to lose out. They're not going to lose a, more games than they win. or Yeah, not going to lose more games than win on the way through the rest of the season. So they're going to do enough between now and then to solidify themselves into the NCAA tournament. They've already done enough to this point to put themselves in a great position. So there's enough capital in that bank that big fat zero for me. We're going to take a quick break, but coming up, it's buy or sell time. Is Ali Khalifa the most important player on the team, and should BYU shake up the starting lineup? We'll discuss next. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean with Ben Bagley and Jason Shepard. All right, we asked the fans some questions, and here it is. BYU basketball is 2-4 and four in conference, only losing the four by a small margin. What do you think BYU needs to do to get over the hump and win these close games? Jolene Campbell said, practice selling fouls better. <laughs> what, do you think of, what, what do you guys think about that sincerely? Look, I mean, you know, we, we laugh about it, but there's an art to that. There's no question about it. Players that can really sell a foul typically get rewarded. Whether you like that or not, it's actually probably more true than we want to admit. Asked Trevanel last night. (laughs) Let me tell you, that was such a bad call. (laughs) The Houston player is pulling Trevin's arm. Pulling his arm. Funny though is Terry was listening to the Houston play by play and they were saying like the exact opposite. Like he's hooking him, talking that Trevanel like it was a, a blatant foul. <laughs> we're all a little biased. But well, yeah, it was uh I think more importantly than selling fouls, by the way, is learning to play at at that higher physical level that's being played in the Big Twelve. Right. And and, and that includes selling fouls because you get the physical contact. It's the whole Shaq thing. Shaq, Shaq, when he played in the NBA, didn't get as many calls when people were just hacking him because he's so big and you couldn't move the guy. But if he just kind of moved and all of a sudden a guard went flying, that's a foul on Shaq, dang it. You're too big. (laughs) I didn't do anything. Well, size, physicality matters. And for BYU, 
It is. It's very different than than the WCC. I think there's a little bit of a learning curve as I getting into conference and learning how to play that physical style of game on both sides, whether it's being physicaled or being physical and also selling it. And BYU fans get so angry that of the the foul disparity. But BYU shoots so many threes. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not driving in as much as the other team. So to me, that's one of the reasons as well. If you want to get those calls, you have to drive in and you have to Get well, and we saw that with Houston last night. I mean, that was what they were trying to do, despite the fact that they were shooting well above their average from three yeah. and hit w- several more than I had expected them to, <laughs> where they made their their biggest, you know, where they had the biggest advantage was was all of their players being willing to drive to the rim. And you're either going to score or you're going to get fouled. Right. And in some cases, you got both. Right. Matthew Blackburn said, missing the it factor that you'd see with Barcelo, Haas, TJ or Tyler, Collinsworth, Childs, Jimmer, Ainge, etc. He feels like that's what you need to kind of get over the hump and start winning games. To me, there really is something to that. Who is the go-to guy for BYU basketball in situations like that when you need someone to drive in and score and get the win? They don't have it. Yeah. See what I did there? I did. I did see that. I think it's a little bit different than that, and I think this is something, and it's not new this year. In fact, we were looking at this the other day over in the bullpen, and is one thing that BYU has struggled with through history is consistently having the guy, not not just the it factor, but, hey, you're down two. You got 20 seconds left in the game. Who's going to take the ball, and no matter what they do defensively, is going to be able to get the shot. Mm-hmm. And, and and I mean, Barcelo had it factor, but he wasn't necessarily a guy that was going to go get his own shot. TJ could get his own shot, but he sometimes phys- physicality pushed him off of it. Jimmer could do that. There's a few guys who've been able to do that, but I think that's something that Mark Pope's going to have to look at going forward in recruiting and bringing guys in. I need that guy. Mm-hmm. I need the guy who can create and get his own shot, no matter the situation in the game and no matter what the defense is doing. This guy's going to get a shot up that you're going to think is going to go in. Right. And that's so hard because I love the team play of BYU basketball. You love you don't want to watch iso ball, right? And, and BYU does a good job of – they don't do well with iso ball. <laughs> if you watch when they try and do that, it doesn't work out for them. When they're playing really beautiful team basketball, that's when they do well. So it's kind of hard – you know, to to have that balance, to have an it guy, but also play good team basketball. But I think I think BYU is missing that this year. Brent Frankham, <clears throat> shout out to my brother, said it seems like the ball isn't moving in the second halves of games, like it is in the first half. They need to move the ball more and work to get a better shot. They also need to work harder to play defense without fouling so much. Mark Pope agrees with that, and here's what he said to Greg Rebell. I'm not. I'm not locked into the foul disparity. I'm, I'm locked into the. I'm telling you guys, it's a. It's a distraction, a waste of energy. What we need to do is we need to fix the careless fouls where we are bailing them out of a hard position possession, and we're giving them the easiest possession in basketball. And that part is where we just have to be more disciplined. We just need to be more disciplined, and we're, we've made progress. We had a little slippage in the emotion tonight, and, and it's a place where we need to get better. What do you guys think about that? Well, see, but that's I think where where. Houston was doing what we were just talking about. If they didn't have a shot, they they were trying to create something, whether it was create contact, give themselves an opportunity for a better shot. They they were taking advantage. They were being the aggressor and and taking it to BYU and saying, you know what, you 
you've got to stop us. Yep. One way or the other, some, we're going to make something happen. Right. And I, I think that's what we're talking about with what BYU needs to do as well. If you, Even if you have the guy or the you know, one that you know is going to be the one that takes the shot, whether you have that or you don't, being the aggressor usually pays off. It can pay off in you getting the bucket that you want, but like we saw with Houston, it can also pay off by getting the call. Because how many times have we seen referees, they're going to give the call to the team that's the aggressive team. And we see it every game. If you're the aggressive team, even if it's an iffy call, because you were the one that were, was taking the initiative and being aggressive, more times than not, they're going to they're yeah. gonna give you the benefit of the doubt versus your defender. Shockingly enough, my family and my, and my, I mean my extended family stuff hates watching games with me because they're fans and they like to say, oh, look at the foul disparity. Thank you, Mark Pope, for saying that's a waste of energy. Because it is. <laughs> because Jason's 100% right. Be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. aggressive. Yes. Because they, the aggressor is rewarded. That, that goes horrible, back to, by the way, that goes back <laughs> that to the so physicality bad. we were talking about as, as far as I'm, I'm just impressed you guys <laughs> caught it and jo- joined in with me. That's fantastic. But, uh, you, what, horrible is great. That's fantastic. It's horribly great. <laughs> but, but refs, refs are going to reward the aggressors. And to this point in the season in as a perimeter team, you're going to not get the calls as much. So the, the foul disparity, it, it's a product of the type of ball that BYU's playing. When you're playing against physical teams, they're going to take the ball to the hoop, look to get the bucket and the foul or one or the other. Quit wasting your energy, fans. Yes. Message from Mark Boom. Okay, we're going to play buy or sell, BYU basketball style. The first question is, Ali Khalifa is the most important player on the team. Buy or sell? Chip. Oh, um... You're like, don't call on me first. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> I was. I said that. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say bye, okay. because what we've seen is he initiates so much of the offense from the high post, and he's kind of in charge. The guys will cut, but it really is his decision making on on where the pass goes. And we've obviously seen um, how important he has been in terms of his assist-to-turnover ratio, and obviously there's been a few more uh, turnovers in conference play than there was prior to, but more times than not, Khalifa still makes the right play, Right. and so I'm going to buy that. I I think that's true. I'm going to buy as well, but I'm going to diversify my portfolio and not put all my money on Ali Khalifa and also hedge my bets a little bit over here on Jackson That's not part of the game. I'm just yeah, you're changing the <laughs> yeah, rules, yeah, that's Ben. Not, uh... I'm just playing a. You guys are playing checkers. I'm playing chess here. <laughs> so I'm going to diversify my portfolio and put it in some other places. But I think, I think, yeah, I think Allie's pretty close. Okay, before Tuesday night, I would have bought this all day long. Now I'm going to sell. Houston figured out how to slow down Ali, and not to stop him. He still had three assists, uh, eight points, five rebounds. But they, they kind of figured it out. I'm wondering if if teams moving forward are going to do a, a similar thing. So I'm going to sell. He and Foose and Ali. Um, a, a tiki are going to be so important in a super physical conference if BYU wants to continue to win games. Obviously, sure. making those threes is the most important things because that's what BYU does. That's their style of play. But those three big guys to me moving forward are going to be so, so important if BYU wants to continue to win games. Well, and what makes them so important is that all three play the same position, but they play it completely 
different. Yes. And so having all three, being able to rotate through those three really puts pressure on the opposition to try and switch up how they're going to defend him. Totally. Because Foos is going to be down low. You've got Khalifa that wants to play on the perimeter. And then Atiki's just kind of everywhere, and he's that real physical presence. Mm-hmm. So they all three play the same position, but none of them play it the same way. The next one is Richie Saunders should start going forward. He's fifth on the team in points per game with 10.2, four and a half rebounds, 1.5 assists, one steal per game in 10 minutes of play. Should Richie Saunders start going forward, Ben? I'm going to sell this 100% because Richie is that spark coming off the bench. He's that guy. Uh, I, I besides that, who who are you taking out of the starting lineup for Richie? I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I and and frankly, I'll be honest. I think I probably put a little bit of money on Richie as far as the most important player on this team because mm. his energy, his defense, his. his of all the guys I've seen this year, he's been the least afraid to take a shot when mm-hmm. when when it's presented for him. Like he is just he's playing on a level that I didn't know Richie Richie had in him coming into the year. And I he's been by far and away to me the most improved player on this team and one of the most important players on this team. But I still like him coming off the bench. Yeah, I'm selling it as well. I, I like him coming off the bench. In fact, I'll take it one step further. I I loved with Richie coming off the bench, I loved the pairing of him and Jackson Robinson yes. off the bench, mm-hmm. and and I just I loved the idea that that basically BYU had a second starting unit, and when you're bringing guys off your bench like Richie and Jackson, I, I think that really gave BYU an advantage, and I certainly understand why Coach Pope they've moved Jackson into the to the starting lineup right now, but like I I would I would have no problem whatsoever. If if your your two guys that anchored your bench play were Jackson and Richie, I, I have no problem with that at all. Well, if you're bringing off your bench, you're bringing you mentioned Jackson, Richie, and you throw Foose in that. Sure, that's that's yeah, uh, that oh, that's is what a, I mean. I mean, the second starting unit. Yeah, when, that's when was great. the last time BYU has had bench play like this? Like I can't even remember that much depth from coming off the bench and being able to continue the play that the starter started. I I, I believe it was 1948. <laughs> It's very specific. Specifically. All right, the next one is BYU games actually make it to TV, not just ESPN+. <laughs> we're just throwing this one out there because fans were so upset that this top 25 matchup yeah. isn't on TV. I was surprised because the ESPN2 game last night was two teams not ranked, and yet yeah. you had the two teams – look, look, there's – I, I realize – They work out the schedule before the, Yeah, they the work out the schedule, and, and that's fine. I, I have access. I was not one that was, you know, going to balk at getting the ESPN Plus. I'm, I want to watch my team. I'm going to buy the stuff, so right. I'm going to watch it either way. But yeah, I, I was, I was a little surprised that that matchup specifically was not put over the air. We've been, we've been spoiled with BYU TV. Ben, what, are you, what are you going to say? Look at that face. Fans are going to be mad at me. That's okay. okay. Stop complaining about the money. <laughs> Stop complaining about ticket prices. Stop complaining about ESPN Plus. This is big boy college sports, and you wanted to play in the sandbox, you got to pay the price of admission. And part of that price of admission is increased ticket prices. Part of the price of admission is also the Big 12, ESPN sees a product here that is sellable. Instead of just putting it on linear TV where everybody can get it for free, we talked about it. I am interested in Big 12 basketball now, not just because BYU is in it, because I'm realizing how good it is on a game-to-game basis. Why wouldn't you put that in a position where people are going to buy it and you're going to make money off of it? It's business, folks. 
college basketball amateurism. Go ask the go ask the government that's going through these legislative sessions. Please help us. Keep amateurs. It's gone. It's this business. Pay the price. Hey, why do you think why do you think they put the Chiefs and the Dolphins peacock. on Peacock? Because they knew people. Hey, look, and here's the thing. They're going to do it again because it got like between twenty five and thirty million people because watching. Because Jason it. signed up for Peacock because I did, Chiefs and he forgot to, dis- to kill his subscription. <laughs> no, no, I did not. I signed up and canceled the same day. So <laughs> you paid six ninety nine to watch one. I most game, certainly did, and it was worth it. And it was worth All it. All right, the last one is buy or sell. BYU finishes above five hundred in the Big Twelve. Ben, hold. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Can't do it. I think buy. I think I'll buy this because I think the second half of the schedule is not as hard as the first half in conference play. Um, they've had a brutal stretch here, and they've done pretty good. Uh, but they got – I mean, they're two games under right now, so, yeah, I, tepidly I'll buy. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sell, but I don't think that's mm-hmm. a bad thing. I, I still think if you get if you can get eight wins in conference play – with what we've seen already, you'll still be an NCAA you're still going to be an NCAA tournament yeah. team, and and yeah, BYU has dropped some games. I'm specifically more looking at the Cincinnati game yes. at home than I am the Houston game last night. But you know that was a game that I I did have as a win for BYU. So I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna sell that that they're a 500 team or better, but I don't think it's gonna hurt them. I think if they can get to eight wins and you know, there's a chance even at seven, you're still in the NCAA tournament. So I, I'm not. I don't think that that's going to hinder them if they're not. Which was what West Virginia was last year when they were the nine seed in the NCAA tournament. Look, we're talking about a league last year that Kansas won it with five losses. They're projected as of right now, the latest Lenardi bracketology, ten teams in the NCAA tournament. I love it. It's just so you're telling me BYU just has to be one of the top ten teams. In the Big 12. Yes. And, and, and right now they are. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm They're 11th. <laughs> Why are you bringing up the, I'm talking about, in my heart, their top 10. <laughs> wow. Top 10 in your heart, Jason. We're going to end on that. All right. That does it for us today. Thanks again to Jason Shepard and Ben Bagley for coming on the show with me. Carter Bond and Tori Kimball. Help produce this episode with senior producer Cleon Wall. You can join the Cougar Tailgate whenever you get your podcasts on Apple Tune and Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.